invitation here to lead us into our text today. I think that weekends are great for catching up. Now, I know the weekend's almost over, but you know what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about catching up with family or friends or even emails. I'm talking about catching up on our shows. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, that was inappropriate. should never have said amen to that, but I'm going to keep going. Now, it's great to watch shows with people, to bond, but you know when it's just, when it's just you and you're like, this person will never watch this with me. So now is my chance. I'm going to watch it. And what inevitably always happens when you start watching a series or you're watching a movie on your own, a child, some random child or your spouse or somebody else just walks in and they always ask, what's going on? Who's that? What are they doing? Why are they saying that? What's going on in this? Come on, tell me, tell me. Sometimes this is the worst. I think we can agree on that. But other times it's not. Other times you can be like, well, my friend, you have just wandered into something that is going to change your life. Take a seat. This is Damon. He's kind of a bad boy, but we like him. That's Stephen or Stefan, and boom, we're getting ready for our lives to be changed. Now, I tell you that because our text today from John chapter 8, we are walking into the middle of something that has already been going on. There's this natural argument that is happening, and so I just wanted to make sure that you know We're being interrupted here, and that's okay. So let's dive into it. Now, today, we pick up in the middle of this debate. This is a debate between Jesus and the Jews, the Pharisees, the people, everyone right there. And now, this argument is all about Jesus, because at the beginning of chapter 8, he declared, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the people, surprisingly, don't question, what do you mean? They argue with him about his authority to say that. How can you claim to be light in the darkness? And that's where we pick up, ready for our lives to be changed by the word. Not coming to the word to say, okay, Father, what can I get for this week to carry me through? But rather for the word to sit into our heart, into our, into our head, to manifest itself in our hands and in our habits and to become truly who we are. So let's take a look at the word today. This is from John chapter 8, verse 31. It'll be up here on the screen and all the way to 32. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And over the years, we've heard probably some lessons from this text, right? Tell the truth, and then you won't get in trouble. Well, there's always consequences when we've done something wrong. Never tell a lie then, and then everything will be just fine. Well, good luck with that, not ever saying a lie. But when we let the word say what it says, rather than just try to create some moral response to it, in these sentences from Jesus today, we see something that is else, that is more. We find an answer here, not just an opinion, and certainly more than something that is just only for the moment. See, Jesus in our text today is teaching us and telling us to elevate our minds, to not look inside for what we need, to not look side to side, to ask, okay, what are you doing? What's going on over there? What is she doing? And to certainly not look to a tiny rectangle for what we need, but to look to him. Because the truth is, at some point, we have to realize we don't have everything that we can't do everything on our own, that we won't be able to Google our way out of this, that we cannot save ourselves. We need to recognize and realize that we are in need of a Savior. 
Because it was a lie when we were told that we don't need God, that we ourselves could know the difference between good and evil and live accordingly. It was a lie when we were told it is all about us. And it is time that we stop hiding behind a modern-day bush looking to see what we need, trying to figure out what purchase is missing from my life, wondering why we aren't finding meaning, finding abundance, and finding joy. And Jesus says, stop being people who are satisfied with being distracted and instead seek the truth. Truth in the text today is that Jesus is inviting us into genuine discipleship and calling us to go deeper in faith. He's inviting us to faithfully receive the word, to hold it there, to to cling to it, to grasp like you would a newborn baby. And allow him, Jesus, the word made flesh, to transform our lives. To let his truth take root, to mature, to manifest in the way that we live, move, and have our beings. He's inviting us to walk in the light and to turn away from the darkness. Inviting us to know the truth. And to know the truth is to know Jesus. To know him. To fall down on our knees and pray when we don't know what to say. To stumble through the words because we are cut to the heart and we are in need. To know Jesus is to raise our hands, close our eyes and praise him and just sing, you alone, Jesus. To open up his word and let him speak to us. To allow his truth to be the defining voice in our lives. To focus our minds, our hearts on him and hold to that. Depend on that and to be set free. When the people heard this, they answered him and they said, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be free, that we are in need of being free? This is an amazing disregard by the people of their past and their current situation. How could these people forget this important fact from their past that they themselves were slaves in Egypt and it was God alone who stretched out his hand and delivered them? How could the people forget that they were currently under Roman rule? How could they not open their eyes, look around and see the soldiers and still say we've never been slaves? Perhaps they're just scoffing at Jesus, thinking, are you going to be this political liberator and bring us freedom? Or are they so blind that they don't see how bad it really is? That they've forgotten their former and their current way. And in such a deep, deep way, are lacking the spiritual awareness to recognize their current state with God. Perhaps they've fallen into the lie that the truth doesn't matter. Only opinions and the power to carry them out or a voice loud enough to shout until you believe. See, their opinion, their hope was in their ancestry. They claimed Abraham is their father. They chose to think that because they were Jewish, this was the only truth that they needed to hold to. They thought it was fine to just worship God in word and go through the motions. Saying life is just fine. I have no need of the light of the world because I've got Abraham as my father. 
I don't need a Savior. And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Jesus redirects their way of thinking to this profound way of looking at slavery and freedom, speaking to them a sobering truth and clarifies that if you sin, you are a slave to sin. He does not mince his words. He tells them just how bad it really is because the truth is at the heart of the sinful actions. We are willfully rejecting God and that this rejection separates a person from God. It is only fitting then that we can classify this as slavery because we are powerless to free ourselves from sin and we are powerless then to be reconciled to God on our own. That's the truth. And we saw it in Romans when Kelly read it and said, all have fallen, Jew and Gentile alike, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And when the truth hits you in the face, you have a choice. Distraction, rejection, or to accept it. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a slave to sin. And I certainly don't want to reject God, and I don't want to be separated from Him. I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to always have to wonder where I am. If I am enough, is this all that there is going to be? Wondering when will I belong? Because I just don't think I have a place here. I'm just some random speck that anyone could replace, and I'm certainly not that important. I feel weighed down with guilt and shame, and I'm trapped in a loop of trying to use a rectangle to distract myself. And to forget, forget that I am to seek the truth and to long for a more meaningful life. And Jesus says this, Now as a slave, there is no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And there is the freeing hope. There is the restorative hope. There is the gospel. Wretched sinner though I am, I have been made free on account of Jesus Christ. And I don't have to go around seeking for truth because the Son is seeking me. And the Son is seeking you. More than that, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has set you free, and free you are. And with that truth, we ask ourselves, do I believe this? His outstretched arms have won for us deliverance. We are those who have been baptized into that truth, into that deliverance. We are those by faith and by the power of the Holy Spirit have come to know and believe this truth, have received this righteousness apart from the law on account of Jesus Christ. We are the ones who have had the power of sin broken and we have been made free. And yeah, we'll still make mistakes 
And we will still fall from time to time. But the final say in our lives will not be the good that we have done nor the evil. The final say in your life with the words of the Son who cried out on the cross, it is finished. The truth is, we have been set free. And we will hold to that truth forever. Colossians chapter 3 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The promise, the truth of what he has said. And we respond to that. We let that word sit deeply in us by praising God by standing together as his people and crying out no longer a slave to sin now a child of God